Well, hello again. Welcome again to another podcast, Down to Earth but Heavenly Minded. I'm your host, Irvish. Today we're going to be looking at another article by David Logan, and it's entitled Godly Sorrow. There's a snake. My sister's words were urgent as our family chatted in the living room of our African home. We followed her gaze and with a cold chill recognized an adult spitting cobra under one of the chairs. Immediately all conversation ceased and other activities halted until we had removed the danger from our heart, our houses. Our, the same urgency to deal with something exceedingly harmful should characterize our first response to sin in our lives as we are convicted by God. Scripture documents two men, each who confessed, I have sinned. One was promptly forgiven and welcomed by the father, and that was the prodigal son. The other proceeded on to eternal punishment of hell, and that was Judas. Not all sorrow over sin is godly sorrow. Godly sorrow works repentance to salvation, but the sorrow of the uh, world works death. We find this in 1 Corinthians 7.10. It is an uh, imperative to know the difference. It is really, really important. Several characteristics of godly sorrow are listed in the next verse. Ye sorrow after a godly sort, when carefulness is wrought in you, yet when uh, cleansing of yourselves, yea, the indignation, yea, the fear, yea, the vermament desire, yea, the zealous, yea, what revenge in all things ye have uh, approved yourself to be cleansed of this matter, or clear of this matter. Let's look at all these words. Carefulness. The Greek word implies uh, diligence and has a same uh, zeal, zealous one would have in dealing with the highly venomous in one's living room. The Christian should not uh, conformably coexist with known unconfessed sin. An acquaintance told me of a bad habit he once had many years ago. Having been convicted about it, he renounced it. Uh, quite some time later, he dreamed that he had resumed the habit it scared him so badly, he said, I awoke in a cold sweat. Well, Romans 1.30 describes uh, non-believers who knowingly and judgment of God that which commits such things are worthy of death. Not only do the same, but they have pleasure in them and they do the, as they do them. Instead of being appalled by sin, they applaud it 
Instead of judging it, they justify it. The Christian's response to personal sin should be different. Carefulness, haste, and diligence to do something about it. Cleaning yourselves. The phrase translated uh, from a single Greek word, uh, Apollon, from which comes the English word apology. When one is in the wrong, God's sorrow, apologies, and admitting guilt confesses it. Human nature, uh, dearly loved, to shift blame for wrongdoing to someone else. This ploy of the old, uh, this ploy is, is as old as Adam and Eve, uh, is used in courts today. When people claim innocence because of their parents' faults, each of us is personally accountable to God. To cleanse ourselves, we must humbly acknowledge our guilt. If people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. Second Chronicles 7.14 If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us uh, our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, nine. Indignation. How indignation we be, indignant we become about the misdeeds of others. We should be just as outraged about our own sin. Indignation, anger aroused by something uh, unjust, means, or unworthy. Was King David's reactions to hearing about a wealthy man who was so heartless as to uh, appropriate a poor man only lamb to cook it for supper? Second Samuel twelve five. The prophet Nathan replied, "Thou art the man." Chattering David's smugness, godly sorrow indicated indignation over our own sin. Fear. This is a strong word. Probos. It is the same word used in Matthew 28 verse 4 to describe the terrorist experience by hardening soldiers guarding the tomb where the angel rolled back the stone. The fear of him, the keepers, did shake. And because as became as dead men, there should be a very uh, uh, rational fear associated with having unconfessed sins in our life. They should be very rational fear associated with having unconfessed sins in our lives. The response of our of my family too. There's a snake, was. Proceeded by fear, fear of living in a house with, uh, along with a cobra. Likewise, we should be terrorized 
by the presence of unconfessed sin. This should fuel our sorrow over our sins. By the fear of God, men depart from evil. Proverbs 16.6 Vermin Desire Godly sorrow characterized not only the desire, but the vermin desire to be right with God. A repentant King David had such a longing, blot out my transgressions, he prayed, wash me thoroughly from the iniquities which cleanse me from my sins. Create in me a new heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Psalms 51, verses 1 and 2 and 10. Do we have longing to be free of sin? Do we feel rather uh, comfortable with it? Zeal. God's sorrow only goes even beyond a, a venom and desire. It is the zealous, uh, it is zealous to be. From a Greek word, zealous, we get our English word zealous. The passage in John 2, verses 13 to 17, describes what happens when the Lord Jesus Christ walked into the temple and saw the merchants desecrating his father's house. He made a scourge and forcibly drove them out, thundering, Make not my father's house a house of merchants. The word zealous is used to describe his fervent. The zealous, the zeal of thy house has eaten me up. Can you imagine the vigor with which the sinless Son of God attacked evil in his Father's house? That is how we should react to sin in our lives and take a scourge to it. Worldly sorrow, Kodesh, sin, and savors in, fearing only the consequences of getting caught, godly sorrow, is appalled at it, the temple of the Holy Ghost being the haven for unconfessed sin? Well, revenge. When we consider response to the presence of sin and zeal, then the next logical step is action, revenge. The word uh, revenge is translated elsewhere as uh, vigor, I, I can't pronounce the word, Vin, vindication, because the Lord Jesus Christ was zealous for his father's house. He took vengeance upon evil. Zeal is the energy. Vengeance is the action. The new believer in Ephesians, Acts 19, was so zealous to forsake evil that they publicly burned their expensive but sinful books with formerly had been their source of income. The combination value of these books were 50,000 pieces of silver. In today's money, that would be about $5 million, even more in our day. Godly sorrow is characterized by uh, wreaking vengeance upon that which caused us to sin. If we say that we have no sin, 
we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. 1 John 1, 9. But that cannot be the excuse for persisting wrongdoing. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we, who are dead to sin, live any longer therein? Romans 6, 1 and 2. When God convicts us of sin, the matter should be, 1. Have our full attention. 2. Result in confessing of our sins. 3. Making us indignated about our sins. 4. Invoking terror in at the thought of coexisting with unconfessed sin. 5. Induce an intense longing to be free from it. 6. Provoking uh, a consuming contempt for it. And 7. Active by the power of God. Uh, defection, def definite action to forsake it. The final word of the Lord is uh, the woman taken in adultery, where neither do I condemn thee, go and sin no more. Whereas the worldly sorrow leads to death, godly sorrow leads to joy, Luke 15:32. It was met that we should make merry and be glad, for thy brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost, and is found.